Hello and welcome to the Perfect Gentleman podcast. This is episode 55. I am Zach Falconer Barfield, and alongside me, as always, is the debonair, the dapper, the delightfully charming Mr. James Marwood. How are you, sir? Hello, my friend. I'm very well, thank you, Zach. Very well. Yourself? I'm very well indeed. Enjoying the, the first throes of English summer. Oh, it's been glorious. Almost, dare I whisper it, slightly too warm. Shush your mouth. I know, I shall shush. We'll keep this nice warm for a little while yet. Exactly. We don't want to waste all our summer days in one hit. No, indeed not. I've got a lot of barbecuing to get done. (laughs) This is very true. Barbecuing will come on to later. Another episode. Yes, I want to get your thoughts on that, actually, so I'll look forward to that. Excellent. So what's caught your eye today, James? I think probably the best place we should start is is a bit of a sad note with uh, Roger Moore. Oh, yes. The sad pasting of, of Sir Roger Moore. What a loss. I mean, I mean, he had a good innings. You know, he was in his 80s. He had a full and lengthy and a very wonderful career. But it is sad when someone like that passes away. It is very much. He was my first Bond. And I think for you, he was the epitome of Bond. For me, he was the epitome of sort of that sort of Bond off and on screen. Off screen, he was a gentleman. On screen, he played gentleman. Yes. And he put humour into Bond. Yes, indeed, he did. And he stopped taking itself too seriously. I remember watching interviews with him as an older guy and just how fun and charming he seemed in that old school traditional sense that very few um, people in the public eye seem to have of just effortless charm and, and relaxed confident bonhomie a lovely chap the two stories i always love about him was um there's one that noel coward saw him very early on in his career and said dear boy you're incredibly good looking but you're talentless so take every job you can get and if you're offered two jobs take the one that pays more money yes <laughs> and then the other thing he said about himself he was aware he was not very talented so he said i follow the golden rule i turn up on time i know my lines and i make myself indispensable absolutely and he was always incredibly stylish there was very few men rocked a blue blazer quite like he did this is very true. And a safari jacket. Oh, yes. I'd forgotten about those. I don't, we don't see so much of those now. That's a shame. We should bring them back. I did see a, an article a little while back about a, a safari sort of shirt jacket uh, thing, which which I thought very stylish, but not seen much since then. Hmm, I might have to look into that a bit more. You might see if there's any charity shops that have them. See if they work. I'm sure I'll be able to find something online. Well, you should tell us your fruits of your labour next. Excellent. I shall do. As we're starting in this vein, let's let's talk about some style. It's just been in London here, London Fashion Week Men's, which is the new name for London Collection Men's or whatever it is now. Men's right? Fashion Week. Men's Fashion Week, exactly. London Men's Fashion Week. Did you have a look at it, James? I, uh, we didn't go to anything. We we, we weren't we weren't invited. Well, no, sadly, but I'm probably not really their their target demographic. It was interesting. I, I, I saw some some fun stuff. I mean, I think probably for me the thing that I saw that was most interesting was the material from um, Kenton Kerwin, old school tie makers, but who um, David Beckham now owns. We can talk a little bit about that, and also I think how some of the Attendees dressed. I thought the attendees dressed better than anyone on the catwalk, pretty much. Yes. With, with some notable exceptions. But I think generally, yes, you're you're right. The David Gandys of the world, the David Furnishes of the world, the front row lots, the Joe Ottaways of the world, they dress with charm and grace and style and look fabulous. And even casually, like I think oh, there's a photo in one of the things of Oliver Cheshire. Very nice, very casual. Even his casual look is very spot. And yet some of the catwalk stuff was just... I wouldn't wear it. I don't know anyone in my circle that would wear it. That's probably one of the things that I liked most about that Kenton Kerwin. Some of the things there I might wear, some I might not. It was very sort of English boarding school 
style, if you like. Very much so. It's all of that Jack Willis look. Yes, but done with a bit more flair. But what I really liked about it, if you think back to some of that school or, or university sporting wear of the, the 50s, 60s, some really stylish items, but the, the lines are quite look quite different to us now, generally much blockier and, and bigger. And what I really liked about this was how they narrowed a lot of it down in a way that wasn't overblown. Yes, absolutely. Especially, I mean, some of their jackets clearly didn't fit their models hugely well. That's, I think, probably the challenge of doing a catwalk show. I I don't know much about that kind of thing. But what was interesting was some of the sports where they had the sweaters, the linen trousers, the flannels, things like that, I thought looked great. And especially the raincoats with the huge, big lapels. I really like those. Very dramatic, but I thought looked great. I think the article I read says it's that long for that old school green and pleasant land England public school look. As you say, some of the stuff is gorgeous and I really like the look of them. So as you said, some of the trousers look beautiful. I like that old school blazer look. I'm not so sure about the huge rose patch on the front lapel. No, I probably wouldn't wear that. There's some, some really interesting stuff there. Good to reinvent the brand as well. Yes, and some great colour use. Colours we don't see that much, but I think work really well for a lot of men. So colours like ecru, a pale ivory, olive, mustard yellow, deep burgundies, things like that that I think work well for a lot of different colourings. And you can wear those if you're quite pale like me or quite ruddy, or if you've got dark hair and pale skin like you, or even if you've got dark skin. There's a, a very striking picture in their, their lookbook for spring summer 18 which has a quite dark afro-caribbean model with a green striped suit and an olive duster and he looks fantastic i mean the colors are perfect but you or i could wear those colors as well and probably not look as good as him because he's a he's, he's a professional model and a dashingly handsome man but he'd probably look better than he would do otherwise yes yeah, i liked it too one of the highlights of the uh, of london collection men's for me um i look forward to seeing a, a bit more of the milan peter umo uh, style this week and see if, what that brings to the table for the future. Indeed. There was another article I saw there about um, the front row guys and what they wear. There were two bits of advice there that I thought were really interesting. One from David Gandhi. Was a good stylish man to follow. Yeah, he's one of the most handsome men in the world, so he looks great in almost everything. But what I like about him, and especially his advice, is about how the cut and fit is the most important thing. It should fit you correctly. If you look at how he dresses... The fit is always perfect. And even because he's got quite an athletic physique, you know, he's very broad in the chest and slim in the waist, that's not an easy thing to fit to, but he clearly spends a lot of time getting it right. And he makes good use of pleated trousers, so he definitely gets an extra thumbs up for that. Yes, absolutely. And the other tip? The other tip was from Eric Underwood, who's a a, a ballet dancer and a a very stylish guy. One of the things he talks about is something I do quite a lot, especially when I'm travelling or I'm very busy, which is to find a staple, something that you know works for you and can work with lots of different things, and stick with that, a core point that you can build a wardrobe around. That works really well. could be something really standard, like I I have a blue hopsack blazer. I know I can work it with, with chinos, with formal trousers i can get away with it with some jeans with a shirt with a t-shirt with a polo when i'm in a rush and i'm in a hurry i know i've got that staple to fall back on yeah no i think that's very true it was another tip that i thought from david furnish which is true which we've said before but you know it's always good to reinforce these things your suit doesn't have to be expensive buy what you afford and go to a tailor funnily enough i was doing that just this weekend with a, a, a new alterations tailor i've not used before so i shan't mention them until i know 
how good they are. Yeah. And off the rack jackets, I bought in a hurry when I was stuck on a business trip and realised I needed an extra suit probably about two years ago. It was a, a relatively inexpensive M&S jacket. doesn't quite fit in the shoulders, doesn't quite fit in the sleeves, so I've, I've not worn it. A couple of weeks at a tailor's, and that will come out fitting me really, really well and will, will have cost me less than half that an expensive jacket from a department store. Good advice from the front row, guys. Look at those more than the uh, the chaps on the catwalk. Yes, I, I'm not that we're disparaging for British style. British style is very good, but we're talking about us and the perfect gentleman hats on here, and we're not cutting the dash at the forefront of fashion. We're telling you the forefront of style. That's what we aim for, definitely. Occasionally we get it. Occasionally we're, we're a little off-mark. Indeed. Well, speaking of, of getting it and not getting it, we're coming into summer. I know there's a particular topic that raises your ire at this time of year. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. We're not talking about the dreaded flip-flop, are we? We are indeed. I'm sorry to uh, to darken your day with a mention of that, but yes. Excuse me while I bang my head against my table. The flip-flop. Summer has descended upon us, and it is hot, I grant you that. I have seen flip-flops descend on all men's feet. I'm not even going to talk about ladies. That's not my prerogative. That's not what we do on The Perfect Gentleman. Descend on men's feet, even on the way to the office. Just, no. You know, you're crammed on a hot tube. Everyone's standing close together. You're probably going to be getting on something like the Waterloo and City Line where you're going to have to be crammed in on the platform. You're going to get stood on. You're going to get dirty, horrible, nasty feet. Just no. First of all, it's not attractive. Unless your feet are Aphrodite-esque beautiful, which is not going to happen generally, there is no way you should be exposing them to the general public uh, as a man. And even then, flip-flops are just unsightly. The only times you should wear flip-flops is when you are going to a bathing establishment and having to wear them for protection across the gym floor and all that sort of stuff, or on the beach swimming pool or that you know on holiday any other time no there is no other time to wear them you can't even step backwards in them you're gonna stub your toe they're impractical they're ugly they're disrespectful no down with flip-flops i actually don't even own a pair of flip-flops this is like the non-jeans thing you know if you don't have them in the house you won't wear them you know i wouldn't even pop out to the store in them. there's nowhere in my head that flip-flops are a good thing i saw a gentleman on a jeans and a jacket on the train on the way into london so on the commute, 7 o'clock train in the morning, on the way in. But he's got jeans, shirt and a jacket on, and he's wearing flip-flops. I don't understand this. You're wearing jeans, so it's you're not that warm, you know. Yes, I, I entirely agree. Just, no, this is a gentleman rant. I think this is our first of our gentleman rants, James. I think we should start our gentleman rant. Every episode, you and I can have a rant about something. Uh, first rant is, is flip-flops. And well-deserved too. Gentlemen, throw them away. Lock them into your holiday luggage only and never let them see the light of day. I think that's a very good idea. There we go. That's off my chest. I feel a bit lighter now. Splendid. Talking about those, there are some other summer style taboos, as it were. There is a really interesting article on the Fashion Beans website, which does up some fun stuff from time to time. I like, I like those guys. And they have 10 outdated men's summer style taboos. Some of them I agree with. Uh, and some of them, not so much. So let's start with the, the probably the most controversial then. Back to sandals. <laughs> sandals, yes. Oh, dear. I, I have less of an issue with sandals than I do flip-flops. Yes. They're better, and I think sandals with a pair of shorts, I probably wouldn't wear them, but I don't have a huge problem with them. But unless you have great feet, they're going to look horrible. If you are going to wear sandals, get your nails sorted out. 
get your feet buffed. I think on the pictures they have on the website, there's only one gentleman that looks good in the sandals. It's a very broad sandal, so it's covering most of the foot and only their toes are exposed. And he's wearing shorts and a nice casual jumper. That's about as acceptable as I go. So there is on that website, which... It's, it's unfortunate. There's a there's a model on there who is probably a really stylish guy when he's dressing himself, but because of what they've put him in, he's he's in a short and t-shirt, fine, pair of sandals with bright white feet. It's just not a good look. If you are going to wear sandals, fine, wouldn't be my choice, but just think about how it actually looks. So next on the list, a blue and green should never be seen. Um, and and so they say this is this is outdated. To my mind, they're completely right. Yep, I agree with this. Blue and green are great colour combinations, especially if you get the blue and green right. I think it's a beautiful colour combination. I have a a scarf that I love. It's one of my favourite winter items of clothing, a beautiful Drake scarf, and it's a really deep, dark emerald green and a navy, dark navy blue. And I think those colours go so well together. Or sort of petrol blues and olive, those go great. Sea greens and pale blues together, they look great. Just as long as you're not wearing primary colours, you look you look fine. The next one on the list is black is for autumn and winter only. I think this is a taboo that's they're correcting. I don't think you can wear black in the summer. I think that's perfectly acceptable as long as you're not wearing all black and looking like a goth. I am not a fan of black personally. I used to wear loads of it when I was younger, but I think those of us with paler skins and paler complexions can get easily washed out by it. Black and white together, for example, a pair of white summer trousers and a black T-shirt or something like that. Looks great for a casual evening. Absolutely. You need a completely new wardrobe for summer. No, you don't. You really, really don't. You need a couple of key pieces and you probably need... If you're anything like me, I tend to keep a little box I keep under the bed. And In the winter, it's my T-shirts under the bed. And in the summer, it's my jumpers under my bed. But that's not a whole new wardrobe. That's just a few key pieces that are summer weight. I think that's the key, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't wear my seersucker in, in winter. But it's not a whole new wardrobe. There's just probably two suits and the shorts that, that come out specifically during the summer. And that's, that's about it, really. Anyone who's trying to tell you you need a whole new wardrobe for summer is selling something. <laughs> probably clothes, exactly. <laughs> So the next one on the list then was that uh, florals aren't masculine. I agree with them on this one. It's a taboo that needs to go. Florals are definitely masculine. I think there's some fantastic floral patterns. There's some great, as they show in the uh, article, some great uh, Hawaiian-style shirts. Um, you don't have to have be the bold, crazy Hawaiian prints, but, you know, some really lovely floral prints on shirts that work phenomenally well. Some of the traditional old Hawaiian shirts, I mean, we've talked about these in the past, they look fantastic for summer. There's nothing to stop you. It's not. They're not neon bright and sort of eye-searingly horrendous, but just nice, discreet floral patterns. Lovely. And ties as well. I have a number of floral ties. I'm a big fan. Yeah, floral ties are good too. Exactly. What's next on the list, sir? Boots or high tops. Don't go with shorts. For me, it very much depends on the boots and the high tops. Well, first of all, I don't wear trainers anyway, so then we would take those out of the equation. But would I wear boots with shorts? No, probably not, actually. I do wear trainers sometimes in the gym, obviously, but outside of the gym, I have a couple of pairs of very slimline, sort of simple trainers that I quite like. Something like that, maybe. The problem you, you run into is that you'll end up bracketing your legs. So if you're wearing shorts and they're coming down to just above or around the knee and then your high top trainers or a pair of boots you're shrinking your legs and you're making your legs look really short which for most of us is not what we want looking at this on catwalk models or on guys with fantastic physiques and really long legs that's great for someone like me who i've short little legs 
I don't want to make them look any shorter than I have to. I wear boots when the line of the boot extends the line of the leg, which means it needs to be with trousers or jeans or something like that. With shorts, it's just going to shorten the line of my leg and make me look even more like a munchkin than I do now. <laughs> well, you don't look like a munchkin, so I disagree with that. But, 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 but I agree with you. Well, the other thing I would add to that, not only about the shortening of the leg, is also if you're wearing big, clumpy boots and you haven't done leg day for some considerable time and your legs look very thin, you'll look like a golf club. <laughs> yes, that's a very, very good point. It's all about balance. Whatever you're going to wear with shorts, your footwear needs to be pretty minimal. So things we've talked about before, such as espadrilles, little slip-on canvas shoes, that sort of thing. I've got a pair of very plain sort of German army trainer style trainers that I quite often wear with shorts when I'm just dashing about to worry about. Leave the big chunky stuff elsewhere. Um, and next on the list, leave leather and suede jackets for winter. I think you don't want to be wearing leather or suede when it's hot. That's just going to be uncomfortable. Suede jackets especially do a really good job of sitting in that smart casual space. Yes. It's less formal than a blazer or a, a sport coat. And it's more formal than just going in shirt sleeves. You know, with a pair of nice relaxed chinos or trousers, especially in a relatively light colour, I think they look great. Especially those bomber jacket cut suede jackets. I think they look fantastic. I'm much more the spring, fall, autumn kind of look for that. Summer, if you're going to wear a jacket, maybe grab a linen one. You don't want to be spitzing too well. This is true. I have a couple of Harrington jackets. That I really like. Those are the traditional English cotton bomber style jackets. And they're my go-tos for spring and autumn. But I think if it's a hot day like today, you know, when you're in 25, 28, 30 degrees, you don't want a jacket on. Or if you do, it's going to be a linen one, like you say. Absolutely. Um, and what's next on the list there, James? You don't layer in summer. Layering is important. It can add real depth to an outfit. But again... You don't want to be sitting there like a sweaty mess because you've decided to put your jumper over your shirt, over your T-shirt. Layering is fine, as long as it's temperature dependent. And for what it's worth, I think there's very few things more useful than a very lightweight sweater when you're out and about in the summer. It's lovely and warm in the afternoon. You've just got your polo or your T-shirt on or a short sleeve shirt. It gets into evening and you're going to be cold. Stick a, a nice, thin, summer-coloured jumper over the top of it and all of a sudden you're, you're no longer casual, didn't plan for the evening out guy. You're stylish. Yes, and also it's always good if you're with a young lady that they might get a little nippy. Absolutely. And you can hand them your, your, blade, your jumper to warm them up. Yes, absolutely. So next on the list is going sockless is just that. Yeah. What's your view on going sockless, Zach? I do frequently go sockless in the summers. I look after my feet. I have the sprayed deodorants for my feet as well. But again, it comes back to choice of outfit. If you're wearing a nice pair of linen trousers and a linen shirt, a sockless pair of loafers or an invisible socked pair of driving moccasins or loafers looks really quite cool. I mean, I certainly wouldn't say, you know, sockless with a wool uh, suit and a suit and jacket and tie. But if you've got a linen suit on, perhaps, and a casual T-shirt or something, then, you know, if, you, if you're going for that smart, casual summer look, then I think, a, you know, a sockless pair of loafers or moccasins or, or along those lines is a, is a pretty good look. I'm a big fan of invisible socks. I actually quite often steal my other halves because there's not that many places that do invisible socks for gents. So... Just wear ladies ones. They're not, there's, there's no difference to them. Just make sure you get the right size. What I quite like to do is if I'm wearing some nice cotton trousers or some chinos, something like that, some linen trousers, is just roll them up just a smidge, not enough to really shorten the, le the leg line. That plus some nice minimalist shoes and a sockless hidden socks 
Bob's your uncle, I think you look great. Wonderful, I totally agree with that. Well, what's last on the list, James? So the last one is an interesting one for me, because I have strong views on this subject, but I'll let you go first. You can't wear wool in summer. I would say that depends very much on the wool, in my mind. I mean, you know, if you've got a, a, a very good, light merino wool uh, jumper, John Smedley, to name a brand, uh, they do fantastic, very lovely, lightweight merino wool. You can get you wear with that, especially if it's a nippy sort of evening or something like that. And again, we come back to temperature and, and style choice and if it's too thick a wool absolutely I think merino is a, is a fantastic wool it has the advantage of it naturally regulates temperature so it will only get you so warm and then it will keep you at that temperature and also because of the naturally antibacterial and almost self-cleaning properties of wool it makes it really easy to look after. Hang it up, give it a good air, give it a brush, and it'll be fresh again. There's a number of brands that do some really nice, lightweight, merino, wool, summer-coloured jumpers. One of my favourite, and it's a bit more casual, but it's almost like a a long-sleeve T-shirt with a sort of granddad collar, three buttons at the front, done by an outdoor adventure clothing company called TAD, Triple O Design, from the US. Not that easy to find over here, but I love those because they're just bulletproof and i can wear that to work in the garden i can wear that to do almost any task and it never bags never sags never wrinkles i can throw it in the washing machine throw it in the tumble dryer and it just comes out looking great every time yet it's this magical merino wool no absolutely well i think we've got a good handle on that we agree with some of them and disagree with a couple of them on the list from fashion beans they've done pretty well they've just got entirely the wrong idea about shoes We've had our rant about it, of course. <laughs> Just a, a final thing, we, we didn't get the episode out in time for Father's Day, but uh, we wish all our, our fathers uh, a fantastic Father's Day. I hope they had a great one. Please uh, do stay in touch, drop us lines, drop us emails, drop us notes on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can drop us an email at enquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv and we shall respond. James, as always, a pleasure speaking to you, sir. And to you, my friend. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by The Perfect Gentleman Group Limited and was edited by Andy Nichol at the Pistachio Palace.